Good morning. He is risen. Amen. I'm so happy to see everybody out here this morning. We were so pleased. We had uh, about 25 people at our sunrise service. Yes, that's right. People do get up uh, that early and come to our sunrise service. I actually heard that one of our children was ready for sunrise service. The parents were not out of bed yet, but uh, that's all right. Uh, I want to welcome all of our visitors here this morning. Uh, my name is uh, Joe Dorica. I'm the pastor here at Morning Hour Chapel, uh, and I'm just really uh, pleased to, just to see everybody. Uh, a couple of things before we get going. Uh, first of all, this, this women's tea. I was actually able to be involved in that last year. So uh, women and daughters and, and, and anybody who would like to attend. <coughs> You might want to just attend to watch all of the men of the church serve you for a change. Um, it's a, it really is. It's a, it's a great time. Last year we had a great speaker. We had uh, just uh, good food. And uh, we really just invite you to come on out and, uh, and visit with us for our, our tea. And yes, I unfortunately cannot be at the grilling contest, so uh, now you guys can feel more comfortable entering, because I won't, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm going to make something and have Wendy bring it with her. Uh, but, uh, before we go on, uh, I want to share something with you this morning, and this is something that God kind of put on my heart as I was uh, just finishing up preparing this sermon for the week. Did you know that none of you who are sitting here in this building this morning are here by accident? None of you are here by accident. God has brought each and every one of us to this building. Now, we might have thought that it was our idea, and it may have been. We thought, well, it's Easter. We're going to come. We're going to go to church on Easter because that's what we do on Easter. That's what my family used to do on Easter and on, on Christmas, of course, we would go uh, to a service. But what I didn't realize and what I hadn't realized for a lot of years is that God actually led us to the places that we were for Christmas and for Easter. And eventually those messages started to come through and my family thankfully was uh, able to hear the voice of the Lord and to be saved. But I just want you to understand that with all of the decisions that you made to get up and to get dressed and to have breakfast, and by the way, the breakfast this morning was phenomenal if you, were, if you weren't able to be here. Um, but whatever you did, even deciding where to sit in the sanctuary this morning, God had a hand in all of that. And I believe that God is just overjoyed that each and every one of you are here this morning. And we are joyous that you are here as well. At Morning Hour Chapel, um, we have been uh, talking through and taking what we've called a journey with Jesus over the past several months. We actually started back in January. And we've taken the past few months looking at the things that Jesus did and taught during his three years of ministry. And we've discovered that all of Jesus' ministry, everything he did, everything he taught, 
It all can be summarized in one of the very first teachings that he ever made. And this is in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. And we're told, from that time Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. These are the words of Jesus Christ. And most of us have some kind of vague idea what the word repent means. Um, some of us have a really bad idea of what the word repent means because maybe we've been involved with people who would walk up to us and smile at us and then scream in our face, repent! You gotta repent! Turn your back! You gotta just... And we get kind of turned off by that word, repent. But really, repent just means to turn around, to change your mind. And in the case of Jesus Christ, to change your mind about who God is. See, back in the Garden of Eden, we turned our backs on God as a species, as human beings. We decided that we would be better gods than God the Father. And Jesus' message is simple. Change your mind. Understand that you are not a better God than God the Father. Because God the Father has your very best interests in mind for everything. And let's face it, sometimes you and I don't have our very best interests in mind when we decide to do things. But when we repent, when we confess our sin to God the Father, and we confess that Jesus Christ paid the price for our sin through his death on the cross, our souls become washed clean, and we are no longer in danger of the judgment of God that leads to eternal death. You might have heard it called hell, but an eternity spent away from love an eternity spent away from God. And on Friday, we remember Jesus' death on the cross. And because of Jesus' death on the cross, we can say that Jesus came to save us. Jesus came to rescue us from eternal death and to give us eternal life. And we call him our Savior, Jesus Christ, our Savior. And, and you may have heard that term before. And we also believe that God on this day raised Jesus from the dead so that we can experience that eternal life. And when we repent and we stop being God's enemy, God adopts us into his family. We become his sons and his daughters. Paul the Apostle, in his letter to the Roman church, tells us about this adoption. In Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 15, we read this. You have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. That's actually kind of redundant, because Abba means Father. And we cry, Father, Father. And the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. 
That means we inherit everything that God has. We inherit everything that God is when we come to faith in Jesus Christ. And Jesus told us what heaven is like every time someone comes to the realization that God is who he says he is and that Jesus did what he said he did. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells some parables, and at the end of two of those parables, he says this, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. There is joy in heaven when one sinner repents. That is the reason that Jesus, God's only son, left his heavenly kingdom and came to live as human and to die for us. He did it for joy. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. For the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross and everything that came with it. And this past week, we have been remembering, those of us who are Christians have been remembering Christ's work on the cross on Good Friday. We remember Judas's betrayal of Jesus, one of his closest friends, ratted him out, turned him over to be arrested. We remember how all of the rest of Jesus' closest friends, his apostles, ran away when Jesus was being arrested and led away. They abandoned him. We remember how all of Jesus' uh, closest friends were not there while Jesus was being punched and spit on and beaten within an inch of his life. His friends weren't there when Jesus picked up and carried a cross over a mile through the narrow streets of Jerusalem and up the steep hill called Golgotha which literally means the place of the skull. This was the place where the Romans crucified Jews. Remember Jesus having spikes driven through his hands and feet before the cross was raised up and he hung there for hours. And we remember the mocking and the ridicule that Jesus endured for those hours on the cross. People yelling and screaming, if you're the son of God, come down. You must have that power. We remember Jesus hanging between two criminals. The Bible says two robbers, two thieves, And sometimes I think about those thieves on the cross. And I think about Judas, a thief. It's what the Bible says, Judas was a thief. 
And there is Jesus hanging between two thieves, and one of them repented. One of them asked forgiveness. One of them said, please remember me when you go home to heaven. And Jesus said, this day you will be with me in paradise. Judas didn't think that he could be forgiven. Judas didn't think that he could repent. He could have repented. Jesus showed us that on the cross. Even a thief can find Jesus Christ. We remember Jesus feeling completely and totally abandoned when he looked up at the sky and shouted, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? feeling utterly alone. And we remember Jesus crying, it is finished. Before with his last breath, he said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Jesus may have felt abandoned and alone, abandoned by God for that brief moment, but he knew the Father. He knew that the Father was always there. And his last words were words of prayer to his Father. We remember a man named Joseph of Arimathea, the rich man, had just bought a tomb and he loaned it to Jesus so he could be buried that day. Joseph rolled a giant stone across the front of the tomb so that the body would be undisturbed. All of these things Jesus suffered. And Jesus suffered all of these things because of the joy that lay before him. Jesus was beaten and mocked and killed and buried because of joy. The joy of knowing that through his suffering and through his death, every single person sitting in this church this morning, every single person hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ might one day repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And when they repent, Jesus knows the joy that there will be found in heaven when one person repents. This is what it means for Jesus to be our Savior, to save us, to bring us eternal life. But there's one other thing, and this thing is a little bit harder for us. We call Jesus our Savior, but we also must call him our Lord. In John chapter 13, Starting in verse 13, we read the words of Jesus just after he washed his disciples' feet during the Last Supper. He said, you call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. 
If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. And Jesus wasn't just talking about washing feet. When he talks about the example that he gave and that we should do just as he has done to us, he's talking about everything, everything he taught, everything he did. In the ways that he did them. A Lord is someone who has power and authority and influence over us. And when we repent, what we're saying is, God, you're right and I'm wrong. I want to live my life the way you say I should live it because I know you have what is best for me in mind. When we repent, we say, I surrender. Tell me what you want me to do. And when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, we are also confessing that he is Lord, that he has that power, that he has that authority, that he has that influence over how we live our lives. Jesus had a lot to say about how we ought to live our lives as followers of him. And a lot of people don't like that idea. We like to be independent. We like to be our own boss. How many times, parents, have your children looked at you and said, you're not the boss of me? Oh, no, wait, that's teachers. <laughs> I'm going to do what I'm going to do, and I'm going to do what I want to do, and you can't stop me from doing what I want to do as long as I'm not hurting anybody else. That's the way that most of us kind of feel. We want to be independent. And the idea of somebody telling us what to do or how to live our lives makes us sick. We don't want that. Now, some of what Jesus taught, we love. We love it. Love your neighbor. Feed the poor. Clothe the naked. Care for the sick. Welcome the stranger. All of these things. We don't mind those things so much. We think, yeah, those are good things. As long as they don't put us out too much. As long as we don't have to sacrifice anything. Yes, Jesus, we'll clothe and, and feed and do all of those things. Some of us don't mind feeding the poor as long as we don't have to see the poor. We'll write our check. We'll bring in our bag of groceries to put in the bin at the food store or at the church or at the community center. As long as I don't have to see them, I'm okay caring for the poor and the naked. It's when we have to see them. It's when we have to start getting our hands dirty. It's when we follow what Jesus did in ministering to those people face to face. That's when sometimes we have some trouble. And Jesus says that's not the way it ought to be. With the example that Jesus set for us, we got to be willing to get our hands dirty. We got to be willing to see people face to face. That's what it means to make Jesus our Lord. He is our Savior because of what he did. Because of his death on the cross, because of his resurrection, he is our Savior. But if we are truly going to follow him, we need him to be our Lord. 
Jesus even tells us we need to renounce everything in order to be his disciple. In Luke chapter 14, we read this. Now, now great crowds accompanied him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Now, Jesus is not talking about the emotion of hate here. What he is saying is, if you are going to put any of those people or any of those things above what I tell you to do, you cannot be my disciple. Jesus says, whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a house, does not sit down and count the cost whether he has enough to complete it? So therefore, any of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Pastor Joe, why are you talking about this on Easter? This is bringing me down, man. I don't want to hear this stuff. I just want to hear Jesus is risen, hallelujah, and, and go home and have ham. One of the worst things that can happen is for somebody to say, yes, I want Jesus to be my savior, but refuses to let Jesus be their Lord. One of the worst things that can happen is to say, yes, Jesus, I accept everything you've done for me. I'm not doing anything for you. I'm not doing anything that you said that I should do. And when Jesus came from heaven to earth to become human, to become our teacher, to become our savior, to become our Lord, he came with one purpose. He wanted us to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand and everything he taught from that moment forward showed us how to live a life that is worthy of that kingdom. On this Easter morning, Jesus defeated death. Jesus is risen. He is no longer dead. He is alive. Amen? Yes. Jesus wants us to understand something. We have been given eternal life when we repent and accept him as our savior, but he wants us to realize that eternal life starts now. It doesn't start after we die. I hear so many people say, I just can't wait to die and go to heaven so I can let go of all of this stuff on earth. That is not what Jesus intends for us. Jesus intends for us to get up. Jesus intends for us to reach out our hands, to reach out our hearts, and to make lives better on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is about the spiritual, yes, but Jesus is also about the physical. Jesus is about taking care of people. You have a decision to make today. Will you be your own Lord? Or will you listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit and obey it 
and make Jesus your Lord, your authority? Will you make Jesus the boss of you? You may be here this morning, you may be listening to this or watching this, and you don't know Jesus Christ. Maybe you're ready to take your very first step on your own journey with Jesus. If you're ready to accept that Jesus is who he says he is and did what he did so that you could have eternal life, I want you to do that with your eyes wide open. Don't think that it's a little prayer and you're done. It's a little prayer and then you work for the rest of your life to build the kingdom of God. And if that is you this morning and you are ready to take your very first step, I encourage you to pray to God. I encourage you to ask God to forgive you for your sin. To change the things about you that are not pleasing to him. To accept Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. And I encourage you to pray that God makes you his child. That adopts you into his family. And will give you the strength to live as a true disciple of Jesus Christ. And when you pray that, I hope that you feel the joy that heaven feels. The angels are overjoyed when just one person repents. Feel the joy that Jesus died for. And feel the joy in this room as we celebrate with you that you have come to faith in Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Gracious Heavenly Father, we, we have no words to express how thankful we are that you sent your son Jesus Christ, that he stepped out of his heavenly home. that he lived among us, that he taught us, that he died for us so that we might live. Father, you see the hearts and minds of everyone here. Father, open our hearts and our minds not just to make Jesus our Savior, but to make Jesus our Lord to let him rule over us, to let him tell us what to do. Give us the strength and the courage to share the gospel with everyone that we meet, either in word or in deed. And Father, we rejoice for every person who comes to faith, who's adopted into your family, because they chose Jesus. And we thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank you all for being here this morning. I thank you for coming out to our early service, to our breakfast. I want to thank everyone who made that possible. 
uh, for us this morning. Thank you to Hayden and Sarah for their music this morning. And I just want to invite you, if you do not have a home church uh, and you're looking for one, welcome you to Morning Hour Chapel. If you have a home church, uh, we are excited for you and uh, hope that you will uh, continue building your relationship with God and building the kingdom of God together. God bless you this week.